Welcome to Combinations, the podcast from North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare NHS Trust. Regular listeners to this podcast will know that most of the topics we feature uh, feature internal teams um, in the trust or, or service users or patient stories, primarily located around combined healthcare, its own staff and, and internally in the trust itself. But of course, as with all great teams, sometimes teamwork means working with other people and that's, that's another organisation's. And today we are at the home of one of Stoke's most fantastic teams, and that is the mighty Port Vale FC, currently riding high in uh, in uh, in the the upper half of uh, of League One. And uh, speaking as a Derby County fan this morning, having humiliated Derby County last Saturday at Pride Park, so well done to the Valiants. Um, I'm here with a number of people who who are going to talk about um, a community set of community initiatives that are going on between the foundation, between the trust, between local government, and really shows the real power of true teamwork. Okay, so I'm Rachel Wallace-Scroft. I work for Combined Healthcare as a community engagement coordinator. I'm Sadie Haynes. I'm a part of the Portfolio Foundation and I'm the community project engagement coordinator. I'm Will Turner. I'm head of business and community development for Portvale Foundation. I'm Steph Lancaster, I'm a North Locality Connector for Stoke-on-Trent City Council. And I'm Jill O'Hare, I'm the Community Development Manager within Adult Social Care at Stoke-on-Trent City Council. One of the things uh, that, that, that strikes me about the whole atmosphere of, of this group of people and, and also Port Vale and Combine itself is this whole way in which it just feels like a team. It feels like a team, it doesn't feel like there are boundaries there and all of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, have I got that right? Does it, does it feel like a team to you? And, 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 and if so... Why? I think it's the best thing that Combined have ever done, this part, the partnership working, it's true collaborative working um, and coming together with Port Vale's been an experience and it that just feels very right and getting support for local people. I think it's you've got the people sitting around the table who've got the same goals, the same ethos, so it's all about what do the community need, what can we do together to get that need for the community and I think we've all got that goal insight and that's why it works we're all we've all got the same ethos yeah yeah i think our value base is exactly the same you know we all set out to support people we all set out to care for people we all set out to make sure that people are happy healthy and sustainable in their community and i think what this team has done as much as we've um we've built a relationship within our own team we've built trust and I think what we have also done, which is more importantly for the people, for local people, is that we've enabled local people to build relationships and trust with themselves. So we've created here within um, within Port Vale as part of one of our sessions, we've created a micro community and they become a team of people then. So we're constantly thinking about how it all works together, but it's fantastic. and. Those little pieces of a jigsaw puzzle have all just come together to create that beautiful picture now. I think it's in a team, obviously, you need so many different compartments to that team, don't you? And I think there's there's no one organisation within the partnership and within the team, if you like, that that is particularly too concerned about who's leading what or who's doing what bit. Like Sadie said, is that there's a common goal, there's common values. We all know that we want to improve people's lives in the local community however we can. Ultimately, how we, however we get there, it doesn't really matter whose badge is on it or who's doing what. It's just unified through yeah. the whole partnership. Yeah. So 
I think that's a really strength of it. I think you're right, Will, because we haven't got that hierarchical structure. Yeah. We all just come together, we bring our resources and we get on with it. And it's as simple as that. And I think because we've simplified it and we haven't created a bureaucracy around it, it just works. I think the, the way it works is that football clubs, yes, you have 11 guys who go out on a Saturday and do the best and, and that's the pinnacle bit that everyone sees. Um, but you know, certainly Carol's vision from our club and, and a lot of clubs across the country is it's 365 days a year. You know, we had people in on Christmas Day last year and um, being supported and without the community, um, clubs aren't anything and without the club, the community isn't anything. There's just this, you can't really quantify what it is that football clubs do. They just manage to bring a community together. If, you know, pandemic showed that, Sadie did some fantastic work within the foundation over that, that if the football club couldn't help people at that time, then no one else really stood a chance. One of the biggest duties, not just of, of, of social care and local government, but, but the NHS, is to engage, uh, particularly engage with communities that we call seldom heard communities, who are more, uh, you, you need to do outreach. And sometimes the best way to engage with people in these communities is actually not through the, the council or through the NHS, but actually through organisations that they, that they um, you know, identify with and engage with. And, and certainly, I know that, that, that one, one of these particular groups is, is men, is men over 40. How do we interface with them and, and, and provide support and provide advice? And um, I think that sort of brings us on to some of the specific things we do. I understand that, the, the, that we've got a health inequalities transformation work going on working as part of this team to specifically engage with um, with men over 40. And I was wondering if you, if you could tell us a little bit about what, what the background of that and, and, and why it's needed and how we're approaching that. Yeah, so basically for following on from that piece of work with health inequalities, um, piece of work in, co in the year one, it was looking at men over 40 and the barriers that men face. So what we did is um, brought men together in an engagement session and did public events where we were talking to men about what are the barriers and understanding it a little bit more. And what some of the common themes were that men didn't like the traditional route of accessing support, especially around mental health. So contacting GPs, that barrier, walking into a medical building was a big problem. So that led us to talk to Port Vale where we looked at all that feedback from those engagement sessions into could we create something specifically for men that wasn't about talking about the problem, but it was around sports and activities, but having that support for somebody that if they had wanted to speak, they could speak in an environment that wasn't medicalised. From the feedback, men were saying we didn't want everything as in the nine to five hours. They wanted something that if they finished work, they could come to. So it's of an evening where the club here is open, where you can have a game of pool, there's all sorts of activities. But there's also the support from an, a support time and recovery worker from mental health, just in case that conversation and that support's needed. So it's about, there's a big difference in walking into a club than accessing support via the GP or other routes. So it's working really well locally. So that's, that's a new initiative, not long started now. And uh, what's been the experience from the club's point of view? It's, it's just been really positive. Again, it's another way to... Um, open the doors of the club and be that kind of front door that people can come in and have that conversation and I think that goes back to the bit we were saying about teamwork and partnership is 
we're recognising our role in that. We're softer than a clinical intervention. Um, I'm just going to Port Vale for the evening for a game of pool and a cup of coffee. If that conversation that's needed comes a few weeks down the line, brilliant, that's great, that's what we're, um, that's where we're trying to get to. And then us um, having the bravery to know at some point we need to refer someone on or gain additional support because we can only take it so far, but that's good, that's okay. Um, so for us, it's been, it's been really positive and I think it's probably set us up to try and sustain and develop further work as well. Um, I know that suicide awareness is, a, is one of the big agendas around the EFL, the Football League and the, the Trust and clubs. Some really high profile um, footballers that are supporting that as well. So again, we can use that power of football and that power of the badge to, to get the message across, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to deliver all the, we're not here to save the world as Port Vale. We just do our bit within that wider team. The biggest at-risk group for suicide is, is, is men, men over 40, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so, it's, so it's, it's absolutely yeah. targeted and yeah. absolutely beneficial there. But there's also a, an absolutely fantastic initiative that the council is particularly interested in, uh, which we have in the background here, um, about communities together and community lounges. So again, to speak to somebody who has no idea what, what, what's, what's, a, what's, a, what's a community lounge and all of that, um, what's a community lounge and where, what's the idea come from, what's the vision, what we're trying to do? Okay, so oh gosh, this is where we this get all excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I kept quiet all the <laughs> um, I think where community lounge came from was basically a where community led support, which is its um, its actual name through National Development Team for Inclusion, have the model, and um, where this came from really was is COVID, because what COVID showed us is that actually the power of communities at the point of being able to step up and provide support for local people. And um, I have been an advocate of communities for a long time whilst working in social care. But you really do have to prove to people that actually there isn't, there isn't as much risk working with communities as people perceive there to be. So I think what we what we started to do was really, and I say we, is actually my, my senior management team working with health, was to actually look at how are we going to shift how we do things in a very clinical and processed adult social care way to actually taking this approach into the community and taking it to people. And um, from that came a conversation of, well, let's look for models out there and the Caborn was community-led support. Community-led support then started as a um, small innovation team in Burslem that we brought together, and, um, and it was a diverse group of partners, and we literally just started to set up some work streams, have some conversation, and from the conversation came well, actually, what we need is an informal space. We started asking people what they would, if they were to walk into somewhere to receive support, what would that support look like? Where would you access it? And it's very much about creating an informal, safe space that people can come and receive the right support at the right place at the right time. And it's in those communities where we know people have a relationship, they have trust, they don't feel there's a label, and actually, we now have 14 across Stoke-on-Trent. But Port Vale, working with the Trust, was our first. And it, was, um, and it was so exciting because it was our first. And where 
10 months, 12 months down the line with Vale now, and it's still exciting because we don't control it. It tells us what people need. So people come in and they'll say, I need support with this or I need support with that. And we bring the services in. So we don't bring a off the shelf model to a community lounge and say, right, that's what you're gonna have because that's not what the community always needs. So we have this lounge here at Port Vale is very different to what we have at Blurton and is very different to what we have at Bensley, but because it should be, yeah. you know, it's what people need. But actually, I'm the one that just steers the ship. The people that actually make it happen are the people that sat here right now with Steph, who's the locality connector, and Sadie, you know, and then Rachel bring her team in. And it's just, it's lovely. We, I love it. I, I breathe it every single day. I talk about it every single day. I absolutely love it because, do you know what? It works. People are supported and they're not waiting on lists. They're not waiting in, in queues. They're supported. And some people will need to be to go and be part of an allocation or they will need services that are secondary care, secondary um, clinical care. But actually, that's what they need where we can support people early, we do it. So a locality connector is um, connecting, basically, connecting people together, collecting uh, professional people, local people, private sector, voluntary sector, you know, people who need to be connected. So that's just like from the community to coming to here. Um, I have to say I wasn't a fan of the community project. However, I'm probably the biggest fan now. <laughs> so, and that's just because we see just what amazing it is. You know, we started with seven to nine people. Um, we're well over 115 now. In fact, we can't take any more. So hence, we're gonna have to um, start looking at another group to support because we've got a waiting list. So that's how many people. 115 just at Port Vale? That's just on, on one, one session. Day. One day, that's, that's on a one session. Go on, so since the um, two day lounges have appeared alongside the mm -hmm. sessions, We've had um, 7,200 people walk through that door in, in 29 weeks that have had the opportunity to get valuable information and support from our colleagues in, from the Circumstability Council, from the Combined Health, and they've actually gone away with an answer. They've got, a, or a pathway that they can now go along to. Um, but also the combined health can actually have an appointment in the other room, in a quiet room. And we're finding that a lot of our services link in with that, like Steph says, she's the connector. So they literally come through the door for one, and then they end up doing Tai Chi in the afternoon on a Thursday, or they'll walking come to the coffee football. morning, mm. the walking football, or they'll, they need support with food, so they'll come along to the community cupboard. We always have an answer but if we don't have an answer we have an amazing team that actually can provide an answer or a pathway at least and that's you can't explain you you said earlier regarding what makes a good team what makes each what makes each what it is you physically can't describe it in a correct way you have to feel it mm. and that's it's a feeling yeah it's a safe here specifically, safe, non-judgmental, friendly environment. You go, you come through that door, concerned, frightened, 
in yeah. some cases. Yeah. And you're walking out, you've probably got friendships on the way out the door, as well as having that support from those that have the knowledge. And honestly, it's just an amazing team. I think people feel like, you know, because it's not clinical, because it's not the doctor's surgery or or the council office, or I don't think they actually see me as an actually employee of the council. I'm staff at the end of the day. Um, so I think because it's such a relaxed, friendly atmosphere, I think they feel comfortable. I had a conversation, quite a lengthy conversation with somebody about a husband and a well-being and, and dementia. And I'm like, oh, I've always worked in dementia, so I'm quite you know clued up on dementia but have you tried this and that's normal and it's just that reassurance she actually comes from lightwood and travels here because it's such a fantastic place to come that's her break away from home life which may be a bit tough but then you know like i say just in that conversation she's like i can't thank you enough i said well can i give you my card you know my name and when i put social care are you from the council you know is that breaking that stigma mm. and those barriers, isn't it, as well? Because I think, like you say, I just don't but, think it's... But the really interesting care. thing there, though, even you're saying, you know, it isn't clinical, or, it, you know, what a clinician would tell you is, yeah. in actual fact, you know, what you're achieving here, in terms, if you, if you put it into NHS, local government, public sector language, you, you know, you could, you could wax lyrical about right. access and pathways and everything else. It's actually achieving... A really, really clinically robust outcome yeah. and a socially responsible outcome, just in a fantastic way, way. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think what we're trying to say is we're not medicalizing it. So basically, yeah. you know, we're, by taking some of our work and bringing it into the community lounge, is actually we're still achieving what we as services deliver, but doing it differently. Yeah. And that's I think that's key. We're just doing it. We're using a different space. We're, we're delivering it just uh, the approach is different mm. but actually that what we do every day is the same mm. we're just taking it to mm. a different place and doing it differently we actually joking about the medical thing we've actually talked about if it was a pill every person in the country would be given it by now it'd yeah. be prescribed on the nhs easily yeah. take yeah. that but yeah if it, if this whole thing if this whole team and partnership was a pill it'd be priceless because of what it achieves and of course, like most of the NHS, it's free at the point of use. <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, you must be really proud, though. If, if Port Vale was the first one, and now it's you know it's spreading like like wildfire. I mean, how does that make you feel? I can't tell. You. It's, it's amazing. It does. It is amazing. Don't get me wrong. First few weeks, we were like, okay, this is going to work. But you didn't have to force it either. It just developed of its own. Well, it worked. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing all the time as well because it's about the need of the people at the end of the day. When we first come, we had mental health STRs, mental health services, and that. And now we really don't need them on site on a Thursday morning. No. We have an older people's support worker here because that's what the need is. It's the older people's now who are yeah. like lovely chatting, and you know, and and they're out in the community as well, so they can encourage to come here. And it's you know when people, and then also as well, I'm in the other room as well. So this is the Valiance Group what's taking place, but we've also got another ten people what come in from the community who aren't over fifty five who need help and support, and that's from a wide range of family backgrounds on their own, mental health, domestic violence. 
and it's all those there, you know, bringing in the private sector when they've got troubles with the housing. We bring in all those people to help. It's a nice, safe place where they can have a cup of tea, a piece of toast on a Friday, mm-hmm. you know, and, and feel safe and get the help there. And then they are, they are, they are, you know, some people haven't got money. Some people haven't got even food on the table or gas and electric. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so how can they go trekking across the city or down to Stoke or wherever they need the help and support? Is that, and the interesting thing for, for people who don't, you know, know the, mm-hmm. you know, the geography and the, uh, the, the thing about, Port Vale Football Club, if you've ever seen a football club that is physically rooted right in the heart of its community, it's it's there, isn't it? You don't don't have to talk about being in the community. You are part of the community, aren't you? Just expanding on what Steph was saying about no lounge will ever sit still. It will change, it'll adapt. The needs will change, won't we? And that's where we pick up themes and we're trying to kind of get the right services to complement whatever the needs are at that time. So we've got the mental health nurses attached to the PCNs, the GPs that we've trialled and that have come in and that's been really successful. Um, And like Steph said, the STR role wasn't any more use on a Thursday, but it it was was needed in Bluetin at the same time. So they just went over there and we... Yeah, we go with the need, don't yeah. we, of whatever the need yeah. of the community, whatever the need of the people walking through the door is. We're trying to, and, and a lot of the approaches I feel are very holistic. We're looking at all the needs of that person. Mm-hmm. So when a mental health nurse can be talking to somebody, she can actually unpick that and say, actually, there's a lot of social care issues here. Mm-hmm. Steph, can you come or, over you know. and... Support and that's happened quite a lot, hasn't it? Quite often, especially on a Friday. I mean, kitchen cupboard, where you come along, and for a small amount of money, five pounds, you have ten items, seven pound, fifteen items, lots of free stuff, tea and toast, lots of support. Um, but from that, we we're seeing a lot of mental health. I think coming through the door again, Definitely. struggling, worrying about the times coming ahead and how am I going to afford this and how am I going for that so we do have actually quite a lot of mental health workers on a Friday uh, a lot of housing needs um, mm. and that sort of thing so it's we've you know changed again to we didn't really have a lot of people or services here but we are actually having a lot of services now coming in on a Friday because it's needed it brings a tear to me eye really to be honest to see what a difference we've made working together I mean you know I could tell you loads and loads of stories but I'll just tell you about a guy what I think was the turning point for me when he because we're working not just at Port Vale we also work with our partners in the community so our local shops our local voluntary sectors the churches and stuff like that and a young lad turned up at um, a church um, with no money no food or anything like that um, and quite worrying and then she phoned me the lady did and said can you meet this person so I met this person and it took him about an hour to get to me. When he walked through the door, I thought, oh, here we go. He might be under the influence of something. Let's put a table down and offer him a cup of tea and a few biscuits while well, he had four penguins. <laughs> he, he was actually having hypo. He was actually trying to get himself ready that morning to get there. But because he hadn't got any food or enough food, he was actually going in hypo. And from that, it was like we had a little bit, well, he had a, a couple of cups of tea, four penguin biscuits. I then spoke to Rachel, who then, you know, had that conversation with him. And, you know, he realised he was OK. We got so These are in the early days, so gave me confidence as well. Like, you know, gave me some more numbers. And if you've got um, troubles in my called on Sadie, have you got a food parcel? And it actually turned round when we actually sat and had a conversation with him. He moved into a flat 
a friend or somebody gave him a bed what was covered in flies. So we got bed bugs, which escalated out of control. And he'd phoned the, council, uh, he phoned the local um, housing organisation, which wasn't council, and asked if they could do something. He couldn't afford. So what money he did have, he just kept spending on bleaching, cleaning products, thinks I'm going to get rid of this. But he wasn't eating properly or anything. That had a massive impact upon his mental health and well-being. Um, so what we decided within the community, what we got a food parcel, the council got rid of all the furniture, what was messed. Um, the community actually gave him and gifted him a, a bed, a chair and a few other things. I mean, you should have heard him going along with his pots and pans. It was like Santa Claus going down the street like <laughs> he was happy as muck. And then, you know, and from that, we, we contacted the housing organisation. It's in your best interest to do something here. He's now actually playing the guitar in the local community and on the wellbeing um, open day of their, you know, event, what was in the centre of Bursum. So that was just a little thing. And I think that was a turning point for me, really, just how much it's important that we've come together as a community and we can actually help these people. I think and that shows, doesn't it, is the power of partnerships yeah. and Working. the power of a team. So when you look at what is actually happening and the outcomes that are being delivered here, there are things here that are like the holy grail for policy makers and deliverers. You know, for decades, it's access, it's, uh, it's cross-boundary working, it's pathways, it's all of this stuff. And a simple way, which we say, you know the way you solve this? You get together a group of people who, and they act and um, behave and deliver like a team. And that's the power of teamwork. And the most wonderful thing from this is, and do you know what? Where you want to put it? Put it in a place like Port Vale. Because they're, they're rooted there, and that's how you get the results. So I think that one key point here I wanted to make is that every one of our community lounges is based in the community. So it's smack bang in the community, supporting local people in their community. And, um, and they're unique. Thanks ever so much for giving us the opportunity to come and allow you to tell your amazing story. Just thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, and I, and I hope that, uh, that that was helpful. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.